Welcome back to another episode of the Geek Roundtable. This is episode number 57. Joining me for today's roundtable discussion are my good friends Joe, Haley, and Neil. For today's roundtable topic, we'll be discussing Obi-Wan Kenobi, the new Disney Plus series. I'm not going to talk much at the very beginning just because we do discuss all six episodes, so it's a pretty long podcast, but it's so much fun and I hope you guys enjoy it. So we're going to jump on in to our roundtable discussion on Obi-Wan Kenobi. The fight is done. We lost. Stay hidden. The key to hunting Jedi is patience. All right, it's time for our roundtable. For today's roundtable, I have my good friends Neil. Hello. Joe. Hello there. And Haley. Damn it, I was going to say hello there. Oh my God. <laughs> I take it back. Took- hey. <laughs> Don't edit that. Just <laughs> Hey, what's up? <laughs> All right, well, we're here to discuss, if you didn't know, Kenobi, or Obi-Wan Kenobi to be exact here, the Disney series. Obi-Wan Kenobi is an American television series created for the streaming service Disney+. Plus. It is part of the Star Wars franchise and stars Hugh McGregor as Obi-Wan Kenobi, reprising his role from the Star Wars prequel trilogy. Ten years after the events of Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith, in which the Jedi were destroyed by Order 66 and Obi-Wan Kenobi's apprentice Anakin Skywalker became the Sith Lord Darth Vader. Kenobi is in hiding on the planet Tatooine, watching over Anakin's son, Luke, when he is called on a mission to rescue Anakin's daughter, Leia, after she is kidnapped by the Galactic Empire's Jedi-hunting Inquisitors in a plot to draw Kenobi out. This leads to a confrontation between Kenobi and Vader. There are six episodes, ranging from 36 to 56 minutes in length. All episodes are directed by Deborah Chow. It's starring Hugh McGregor, returning as Obi-Wan Kenobi, Rupert Friend as the Grand Inquisitor, Sung Kang as the Fifth Brother, Moses Ingram as Riva Savander, or also Third Sister, Vivian Lara Blair as Leia Organa, Hayden Christensen and James Earl Jones as Anakin Skywalker slash Darth Vader. We also have Indira Varma as Tala Durth. Joel Edgington returns as Owen Lars. Jimmy Smits returning as Belle Organa. And Ian McDermott returning as Emperor Palpatine. All right, so let's jump into the episode discussion. I'm going to start with the very first episode. It's called Part 1. You know, they got really creative with the titles. Ten years after Order 66... When most of the Jedi Order were killed, reclusive former Jedi Master Obi-Wan Kenobi is hiding in a cave on Tatooine under the alias Ben. He watches over young Luke Skywalker, the son of his former apprentice-turned-enemy Anakin Skywalker, now living with his step-parents Owen and Baru Lars. Despite Owen disliking Kenobi, Kenobi has also lost his connection to the Force cannot communicate with the Force spirit of his former deceased master, Qui-Gon Jinn, and experiences nightmares from his past. The Inquisitor's fifth brother and Riva Savander 
led by the Grand Inquisitor, look for the Jedi named Nari on Tatooine. Reva is also obsessed with finding Kenobi, widely believed to be dead. In an attempt to lure him, she hires bounty hunters to kidnap Princess Leia Organa from Alderaan. Nari tries to get help from Kenobi, but is rejected and later hanged in town. Later, Kenobi agrees to rescue Leia after her adoptive father, Bell Organa, visits his home. All right. So first, were you guys excited about the series? Did you want a Kenobi series, Joe? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like from the days when they were announcing it, like as a movie, there were the rumors that there was going to be the Obi-Wan Kenobi movie. Mm -hmm. Like that was that was the standalone. That was the offshoot that I wanted to see. And just the excitement of seeing Ewan McGregor, who I think arguably was the like the best cast among the prequel trilogy. Like his Obi-Wan was for me always super strong and I wanted more of him. So, yeah, I was when they announced this as a show. Give it to me. You were all in. Yeah. 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 Haley. Yeah, I was um, I was really excited about this. Not as excited as my husband, who is a <laughs> Kenobi file. I just made that up. I don't know if that's like. Well, a, I think you McGregor file. It's canon yeah, now. Yeah, yes. it, it is. It's canon yes. now. I, I love, yeah, I love Ewan McGregor and all his wonderful forms. And uh, I've been really pleased, obviously, with Mandalorian and a lot of the other Star Wars, all the Disney Plus series. So I was excited to see this as a series and not just um, another film. So that yeah. was the things I was excited about. Cool. Neil? I was excited to to hear about it because anything Star Wars, you know, especially with Obi-Wan and going back and I was hoping we could get some questions answered. And, and uh, yeah, I was excited to hear that it was coming. Yeah. Yeah, I was the same way. I'm at, I, You all know I'm a huge nerd and love Star Wars. It's one of my favorite things ever. And just to get that little background, you know, because Kenobi is an interesting character and so much happened in that, you know, or we assume so much happened in that 10 years between, you know, at the end of the Clone Wars and the beginning of uh, The New Hope. Mm-hmm. So. I was looking forward to it. And I, uh, like Kaylee, I was excited. That was a TV series just for the fact that we'll get, I knew we would get more uh, instead of just a two hour movie. We mm-hmm. were going to get this really cool series um, and it would explain more. So uh, yes, very, very happy about that. So let's go, go ahead and discuss episode one. First of all, how adorable was Leia? Oh my gosh. She's, she was the she, best. She was the star of the show for me. I mean, I love Kenobi. So yeah. But as soon as she came on screen, I was like, Kenobi who? What? This little actress was so yeah. electric. And like the way she captured some of the nuance of like Carrie Fisher's performances and some of the Natalie Portman characterizations, like yeah. it was really good. And, and you know, she's still a kid. And sometimes kids are just kind of bad at line delivery, but she still pulled it off in earnest. I, I thought she was a great addition. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Haley? Well, yeah, and of course they had a new droid because you got to have a cute new droid with <laughs> a new little Padawan. Got to sell yep. those toys. Oh, yeah. Technically not a Padawan. I really, I liked, um, I, well, I'm going to say something that may not agree with everyone else. I really like introducing this young Leia and it was, you know, she's very adorable and she really did capture a lot of the young Princess Leia that I would picture. Mm-hmm. My um, criticism isn't her isn't about her performance, but that I thought we were going to see a story take off in a different direction. Mm. And instead, like when this started off, I was like, okay, is this like, you know, was this going to be a side quest? Is this going to lead to something else? I really wanted to see 
more Jedi and underground and characters we've never seen on the screen before. Yeah. That we've, or we've only seen on the animated screen and the animated series. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really, it was awesome introducing her, but overall I was kind of wanting to get, that was, that's my criticism for it. Not her, just the direction that they went with the story. Mm-hmm. I understand that, you know, as somebody, and I think I've said that on this podcast before that, like, we've gotten so many Skywalker stories for God's sake. Like we've got Skywalkers coming out the ears. We could explore new characters. It's okay to explore new characters, but at the same time to, to think of Obi-Wan, like at least the thing that got me off the ledge was like, okay, it's Obi-Wan. And the thing that's going to get him back into action is if one of these kids are in danger. Yeah. All right. I'm okay with this. Yeah. That was the, that was the, and you thought it was, you know, I feel like a lot of us thought it was going to be Luke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As we saw, like the trailer kind of showed, you know, he obviously is watching over Luke, that old Ben Kenobi, you know, like, and it, you know, it, it went in a different direction. But there was what the first episode, what was really cool is there was a lot they were showing, like the whole idea of like the Jedi being exterminated and, and hiding and rogue Jedi, you know, he was communicating with like, I thought that was really cool. Um, yeah. Mm hmm see all of that and that's where i was like oh yeah this is you know a lot of the more rogue stuff yeah Mm. yeah what'd you guys think of reva i liked her character uh i she was the uh the the sister right the uh third sister third Third sister sister. yeah she um i love those characters i played a jedi fallen order and the uh the sisters play kind of a big role like they're the boss characters in that game and so to get to explore her a little bit more and then ultimately getting like her story at the denouement was like, Oh, okay. I kind of like what you've done here. You know, mm-hmm. this is, this is a classic star Wars kind of arc that you're, you're throwing into this thing. You know, that it, it was fairly satisfying while at the same time you do still go, you kind of put that child in peril though. Like, ah, there are some things that are just, you know how they, you guys know about the whole, like save the cat, you know, and Reva did everything but save the cat. Like she was a character that you didn't really think, halfway through the series, they were going to try to redeem in any way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I liked Reva from the, right up from, from the bat. I mean, I didn't know what they were going to do with her character. And I think that was some of the appeal because you didn't know if she was good or bad or what the heck she was doing. Uh, you know, but I, I mean, I loved, you know, I was, I'm a huge Rebels fan. So the Grand Inquisitor, mm-hmm. seeing him in live action, even though, you know, he didn't look 100% like he did in cartoon, but... I that didn't bother me at all. It was still the character. Yeah. What was your re- reaction when she kills him in in like what was it, the second episode? Second uh no, at the beginning of the the, the end of the first episode. The end of the first one. Yeah. First episode. Yeah. Um <laughs> I was I was like obviously he's not dead cuz I know he survives <laughs> cuz he's in Rebels. You know, I was like maybe that was a clone of him, just another grand inquisitor, maybe that species just you know, there's there's several Grand Inquisitors, and they're always that species. Sure. Yeah, I was I was shocked because I wasn't expecting it. But again, I liked that. I liked the fact that I didn't know I didn't know what was I didn't know what the series was going to be or anything. And even mm. after this first episode, I still didn't know what the series was going to be. Like yeah. Haley said, was this going to be just a a side quest for him to go, you know, rescue Leia? I didn't realize, you know, that was going to be the entire season. Right. But yeah. and also like the, the fact that it became more than that, and maybe I'm jumping ahead, but the fact that it became more than that and became like his own 
catharsis, you know, oh, that's and like finding the best himself part about was, this. That's such a great. And for anybody that says, and I've got a lot of them that I see on socials that like they talk about how pointless this story yep. was. We yep. know that Obi-Wan doesn't die. So what's the point? I'm like, you you troglodytes like you you can't see like obviously what this guy's been through like his connection to the force is severing and like this is something that's bringing him back and it's it's a touching story i loved loved it oh i loved it yeah i'm right there with you i was like are you people not watching the same series i'm watching yeah but yeah i mean i really i really i thought it was a it was a good first episode of something that i really i didn't know what they were going to do with it so you know i loved leia i love the introduction of leia I love the actress who played her. Mm-hmm. Uh, I liked her little robot Lola. You know, I thought Reva was great. The Grand Inquisitor. I mean, you know, everything about we got Vader. Mm-hmm. You know, everything was just so well done. I was intrigued. I know people hated it, and the people, you know, I don't pay attention to those people as long mm-hmm. as I enjoy it. I don't care about anyone else really. Sure. And I, I truly did. I, I, I enjoyed it. How about you, Neil? Did do you enjoy the? I did. The um, beginning. Yeah, in with Kenobi and Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett, and even uh, seven, eight, nine, I go into them with no expectations. Mm-hmm. So that way, I go in with a clear mind, so that I just let them do what they're going to do, and I'll enjoy it. I, you know, I don't. Yeah, I, you get people fan theories, fan this, fan that. I, I'm happy with what they get. I loved it. I thought it was it was great. Yeah, yeah. yeah I try not to. I mean, of course, like. You know, this is a little tangent, but with the episodes seven, eight, nine, it wasn't the story I wanted to see, but I don't dislike it. You know, that's they went a different route. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would have liked to have seen something different. And with Kenobi, I don't know what I w- would have wanted. Yeah. Other than what was he doing on Tatooine during this mm-hmm. time? And we saw what he was doing on Tatooine. Right. We saw him grow from the first episode to the last episode to where he is when he meets up with Luke again. Yes. And he's a fully fledged, you know, master, old master now. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that. And he's at peace with it all now, no longer having the nightmares. And so, yeah, I mean, overall, I was very happy with episode one. And that's the one. pitfall, I think, that we run into that, um, that like, there's what we want out of something like Star Wars that's mm-hmm. been ingrained in us. And, and with anything that we watch, you know, it's, yeah, it's, I think it's, it's healthy to want a certain story. And if it's not what you get, it's okay. Like, you know, you can yeah. still accept what you get for what it is. Uh, you can't judge a piece of art and you can't judge a story just because it's not the way you would have told it, you know, like, and it's, it's a hard thing to reconcile. I, I struggle with it sometimes, but yeah, I, I, I definitely see that a lot with the star Wars fandom. Yeah. And I mean, I don't mind people who don't like it. If you don't like it because of the writing, you don't like it because of the acting, you don't like it because of some element of it. That's fine. It's, if you don't like it because it wasn't what you wanted, that's just a matter of opinion. I mean, yeah, yeah you can go you. ahead. And, you can still not like it, but yeah. I don't think I don't think that's a valid of opinion. Then, oh well, that acting was just horrible, or yeah. oh my god, that writing was just so stale. You know that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Episodes one, two, and three. <coughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I mean, how many times are we going to watch Order sixty six, guys? I think we're just. I love the, but I loved it from this perspective. We're gonna just. <laughs> How many times can you watch those people die on the children? Don't children. forget children. The children, children yeah. die. Did yeah. any did anyone else catch? And I was proud of myself for catching this because I don't always catch every little thing. I was like, oh, 
that's Reva. She's one of the kids. I was one yep. night that I was like, that's what's going to be her. That's why she's so pissed off. I wasn't a hundred percent, but yes, I do remember seeing yeah. the little black girl at the very beginning. Cause they did a real close up of her, of like mm-hmm. her and the of three just other her. Kids. Yeah. With the other kids around her. And I'm like, okay. And then when I'm it, yeah. Yeah. Um, she had such a like personal vendetta against, it was yeah. very specific. It wasn't like the other, the other, Inquisitors were more pragmatic and they were yeah. more. Um, yeah, but in episode one, we didn't get to see them get killed. That was later episodes. Oh, that was you an know, episode. I thought that what they did the flashback in episode one. Oh, they, did, they started with a flashback, but that's when the kids were running away and then the really awesome master protects them a little bit. Prote- yes. And then they run oh, off. They into get the killed distance. and they run off. Yeah. And, yeah. and then they decided they'll show us Order 66. Correct. Six more times. And we watched the kids <laughs> get slaughtered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 They always make sure to show us that. <laughs> I appreciate Just that. Just drive that home. Oh, yeah. Just so you don't forget. <laughs> Yeah. Joe, why don't we move on to episode two? Okay, part two. After tracking the kidnappers to the planet Deyu, Kenobi encounters conman Haja Estri, uh, played by Kumail Nanjiani, who <laughs> pretends to be a Jedi. Haja directs Kenobi to Leia's location, where he defeats the kidnappers and rescues her. The Grand Inquisitor learns of their presence and puts the city on lockdown. Reva disobeys orders and places a new bounty on Kenobi, causing mercenaries around the city to target him and Leia. When Leia realizes they're after Kenobi, she loses trust in him and runs away. Escaping to a roof with mercenaries attempting to kill them, Leia jumps off and Kenobi saves her using the Force, gaining back her trust. Haja finds and directs them to an unguarded cargo port from which they can escape, but cannot stop Reva from following them. Reva reveals to Kenobi that Anakin, whom Kenobi believed to be dead, is still alive as Darth Vader. The Grand Inquisitor arrives to arrest Kenobi himself, but Reva stabs him with her lightsaber, inadvertently allowing Kenobi and Leia to escape. Elsewhere, Vader awakens in a Bacta tank. There we go. Oh, we were episode two. Yeah, episode two. It kind of the the part one and two. They came out at the same time. At the same time, yeah, yeah. And I didn't really Um, watch it. Sorry. (laughs) Okay. Shame, shame. Um, So, what do you guys think of the the text, the emails coming in right now? You guys were so wrong. (laughs) Oh, I know. Correct. I'll edit it all out. Don't worry. I'll manipulate it. Edit later. <laughs> no, just put it at the end or before. You'll just never know. know. <laughs> at least one person watched it one time. <laughs> uh, so, what? yeah, what did you guys think of Haja? Oh, I, I, I love, love him. Yeah. I love awesome. that actor. I love He's so him. cool. Yeah, I, I, you know, I was indifferent. Um, okay. Wow. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why. I know. It's so weird. Because remember, well, I love everything. I, I love that he turned out not just to be a con man. But when, you know, when the rubber hits the road, he still tries to do the right thing. Like yes. the fact that he puts him in like Reva's path, he puts himself in Reva's path to help Kenobi and Leia escape and tries to like give her all the bluster. Like he's a jet, like he knows he's not. Yeah. But yeah. still like, so I kind of like that because it, it made him stand apart from just a usual con man, a usual mm-hmm. scoundrel. Uh, you know, you definitely saw his heart. And I was like, all right. I dig yeah. this character. I'm okay with yeah. this guy. Yeah. Yeah. He definitely was more the, I think, the Han Solo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of scoundrel. Oh, this episode is getting to what one of my, one of my very few, if maybe my only criticism of the show is, and it's not, not necessarily the production design, but the, the cinematography, if you will, the way we see things, it seems very narrow in scope. And I think that's in due because like we're using a lot of, like green screen, a lot of virtual sets that are built in the camera. 
Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, with, with Star Wars, obviously I'm used to a lot of practicals. And I know like with uh, Lucas's, tr- the one, two, and three, and even with the uh, seven, eight, and nine, a lot of that was virtual as well. But there was something that seemed kind of, and maybe it was deliberate, claustrophobic about the way that this show was made. Hmm. Um, and one of the, ma- and it's not in this episode, but it was, um, there's a moment in, I think it's episode three or four, when Vader enters a room angry at Reva. And like the camera's doing that West Wing thing where it's like moving along with him as he's coming into the room. And then he does his thing. And I'm like, the cool thing about Vader and made that again, what I would prefer versus what was presented to me. And the way that I've always read it, that Vader was just always such a powerful presence that he commanded the attention. Mm-hmm. So you could have a wide shot, yeah. Vader enter, and he commands your attention. You know, having having the forced perspective on him, something about that I felt was jarring and and um, Hmm. and like fabricated. And I I was just like, it's something that kind of threw me off, took me out for just a split second. But then I was able to kind of get back in and reengage. And this episode being where it is like, you know, with all the 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 weird like, you know, uh, it's kind of like a dirty Coruscant. Yeah. uh, Yeah. It was like it, it was a little distracting in that way as well. Yeah. Yeah. I did like seeing uh, the the uh, clone trooper. Mm-hmm. The the bone. yeah. Oh, I thought that was going to be Rex. I really thought I like somehow they were going to be like <laughs> it's Rex, Rex and he was going to yeah. help them out. Yeah, that, that would have been cool. But yeah, I'm glad it wasn't. That would have been just cool. Some random, you know, this is what happened to these poor clone troopers. Yeah, who survived the purge and didn't get killed. World building. Wow. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say. Um, because I know we were talking about the Grand Inquisitor and we're talking, you were, Joe, you're making some points about green screen. And I will say I was a little disappointed that they didn't do more practical and a little more special effects with some of the way they portray alien species. And um, now that I've seen some of the amazing stuff they've done and Disney plus has done um, in other avenues, that was kind of, not not enough to be like oh, I'm gonna angrily blog about it. Just <laughs> just a, just a comment since you're talking about green screen and effects and some of the narrow. I felt like that was a little bit too where they're you know even the Grand Inquisitor. I know yeah. he looks different, but I was like, well, he's you guys could have really made it more shocking in some of the like alien species really to grab that intensity of it especially because of this huge world we have for star wars yeah all every all the living beings in this show were all suspiciously humanoid like it yeah. was there there was a lack of of diverse aliens yeah and that kind of i think that when they it's called budget yeah exactly budget yeah lines. i'm sh- I, yeah. i'm not saying that's not why but mm-hmm. it's, yeah. it is really when they really do get that really immerses you even more in the world um yeah even when you look at the older films and the way they did that was really cool. Yeah. I'm going to throw in a little criticism here and there just to keep things spicy. It's Why good. Not? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's an keep it idea. real. I mean, I like to have positive podcasts and not just, you know, bad-mouthing things, but criticism is fine. Constructive criticism and, is and always he, good. He's, that's he's, right. That's Kenny's way of saying, don't. <laughs> don't dare, Haley. Don't. <laughs> also, I have the power to edit, so. I know. That's <laughs> I can make you guys say anything and. Yes, he can with, make you with every bit of criticism, though, like you come back to moments. And this episode has one that I think of right off the bat is when they're having that firefight 
on the rooftops and mm. there's Kenobi. And like the, the Star Wars fan in you is like, why isn't he pulling out his lightsaber? Just take these guys out. That's not who he is now. So he's yeah. shooting back and forth. And well, it wasn't that the, the Velociraptor that was shooting at him? Yes. Yeah, it was a, a dinosaur. It was like a, a dinosaur guy. See, that, um, was, that was cool. Yeah, that was a humanoid. I mean, well, I mean, kind of. He was still bipedal. Yes, but he still was a Velociraptor face. <laughs> but when when Leia jumps and that whole that mm. whole moment where Obi Wan is trying to like hold on to her with the Force, like again, like it took effort. The it took a lot of effort. Oh yeah, and planting those seeds for what this show was going to be. That moment is so profound in the arc of uh, in Obi Wan's arc in this show. Yeah, yeah. I think going back and rewatching it because I watched it twice so far, all the way through. It was, I loved it the first time, but you see more of what they were building to mm-hmm. when you go back and watch it. So like you said, that moment you're realizing, oh, this is where he's starting to tap into that force again. This is where he's has to start allowing it to flow through him again you know, yeah. and not push it back. We never really explored that as viewers, like watching yeah. a Jedi who's fallen from the force, like losing their grasp on it and having to kind of pick it back up, you know? Yeah. yeah. Someone at least that powerful as well, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, definitely, definitely. It was a good second episode. Again, we have a little Leia. The little actress was incredible. Yeah. Incredible. So I was very happy with that. You know, the kidnappers were, were fine. Flea. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Flea. Flea. That's right. That's which I, I didn't real I didn't recognize him, but I know lots of people actually recognized him. My they favorite didn't. bass player. Oh yeah, <laughs> I love him. They didn't let him play any musical instruments. They didn't do. I know, which is great. That's true. <laughs> true. <laughs> In the cantina, dropping a bass line. Bass <laughs> <laughs> hard, man. All right, uh, I have some interesting facts. So, despite having retired from composing. Anything Star Wars related after the sequel trilogy ended, John Williams contacted Kathleen Kennedy and requested to write something for this show, simply because Obi-Wan Kenobi has never had a character theme of his own before, and Williams wanted to write one for him. Oh, that's cool. I had Isn't no idea cool? about that. Yeah, and it's a, beautiful, it's, a, it's a beautiful piece. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. he's yeah. he's done now. Yeah, it's like yeah. 100. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> Uh, All right. I think Joe has the next interesting fact. When Disney officially announced the series, actor Ewan McGregor revealed that he had known about the upcoming project, which was originally going to be a film before it was changed to a series. For a long time, he commented, it's a massive relief because for four years I've been having to lie to people about it. That's awesome. That was my, that was my Ewan McGregor. That sounded, "Ah, actually, that was more uh, Alec Guinness for me. A little Alec Guinness? Yeah, that sounded like Alec Guinness. Yeah. That was great. But you know what? He, Ewan McGregor, what a doll. He wouldn't, he mm. would have a heart. He would be stressed out about lying to people about a secret <laughs> Star Wars project. It would just stress him out too much. He's just yeah. so awesome. So good. Uh, Haley, you have the next one. Hayden Christensen rewatched all of the Star Wars movies and binge watched both Star Wars The Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels to prepare for his return as Anakin Skywalker slash Darth Vader. That's crazy. That's a lot. Rumor is he also went to the beach and put his feet in the sand. To finally <laughs> he took acting it. lessons. He <laughs> hates sand. And then he... <laughs> For Darth Vader, you just get out there and get your feet in the sand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if I was Hayden Christensen, I would have been so mad watching the Clone Wars and Rebels and been like, this is the awesome like material you yeah. gave this other guy who voiced the character. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. I don't no, blame you. 
Uh, let's see. Neil, you have the next uh, interesting fact. For those who didn't know, during the opening credits, the letter I in Obi-Wan Kenobi is shaped like Obi-Wan's lightsaber. I don't think I, I caught that. I don't think like I ever caught that. I didn't either. Second or third episode, I, I think I remember seeing it. There it is. I'm yep. trying to look. Yeah, I'm looking it's on there. <laughs> We're all uh, nice. Second eye or the first eye? It's the second eye oh. in Kenobi. Okay, of... Kenobi? Yeah. See, oh, it, it sure is. Look at that. Yep. It's Wait. a lightsaber. Sorry, folks who are listening. Haley has the background of the logo. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. Look at that. So it is there. They are not lying. This the is B weird. is also shaped like the shape of the B in Boba Fett. So, oh. <laughs> nice. All right, There's I have one connection. more one more interesting fact here. Hugh McGregor, age fifty one, is around ten years younger than Alec Guinness was when Star Wars was released. Hmm. Star Wars and Obi Wan Kenobi are set ten years apart in storyline, making Hugh McGregor's age consistent now relative to Alec Guinness's age in nineteen seventy seven. Isn't that crazy? Perfect. Wow. I mean, Hugh McGregor. I mean, because people are, were always saying, "Well, how could this Hugh McGregor becomes this Alec Guinness?" And it's like, no, they truly are. Yeah. The same age. It's just Alec Guinness had a much harder life than <laughs> than Hugh McGregor because he looks oh. he does look a lot older, but he is. Yeah. Yeah. Only 10 years. Do they even have sunscreen on tattooing? <laughs> That's true. No. No. We know tattooing ages everyone very quickly. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, and, look at Baru and Uncle Owen. And, and so did the movie The Bridge Over River Kwai. <laughs> I think that aged Alec Guinness quite a bit. Yeah. That was a rough one. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's go back to episodes. I think Haley has the third episode. Part three and his fortress on Mustafar the current temperature of the L.A. County area right now. <laughs> Vader instructs Riva to find Kenobi, promising to promote her to Grand Inquisitor if she succeeds. Kenobi and Leia's transport lands on the mining planet Mapuzo, and they proceed to rendezvous provided, oh, to the rendezvous provided by Haja. Finding no one there, they take a ride on an Imperial transport. They are discovered and Imperial troops are sent to capture them, but... They receive help from an Imperial officer, Tala, who is a member of the Path, an underground network that hides descendants and outlaws hunted by the Empire. She escorts them to a secret subterranean passageway. But before they leave, Vader and the Inquisitors arrive and begin to harm innocent bystanders to lure Kenobi out. Kenobi sends Leia and Tala ahead while he provides a distraction. He is eventually confronted by Vader, who overpowers Kenobi and burns him, leaving him in pain. Tala provides a distraction to save Kenobi, but Leia is captured by Reva. <gasps> Man, this confrontation. Wow. This was one of my favorite episodes. Oh, um, yeah. I, yeah, I just really loved the journey when they were on the run and then they get on this transport and I'm like, oh, this is not good. This is it's not, not good. good at all. <laughs> this is not good. And they're like, Oh yeah, we're just on a little vacation. I'm like, nope, should have just walked. Just walked. <laughs> and then the Tala character, thank you know what loved her. I know, yeah, yeah. Showed up, and that was really badass. That's awesome, and yeah, and yeah, you get you get this crazy um, confrontation, and that was intense. And the way they the way they filmed that and the whole it, the, yeah, the whole the thing was and red and the fire and the way that was that looked so. I see yeah. just 
he's like, I really want to talk about this. It was just, it was, <laughs> it was really cool. The lighting and just sitting in the dark, like, wow. There yeah. were times where it would like flash in the fire and it was like, made me want to like, yeah. Pop yeah. Off a little. yeah. Yeah. The fight just to see Vader come unleashed, you know, like, the they talk about like the anger the passion and that's the path of the dark side and to see him clearly tapping into that in his confrontation with obi-wan and dragging him through the flames like just viscerally harming this man that he has hated for so long there there was something so powerful about this confrontation and again heartbreaking to see like obi-wan fall so far from the force that like he's he's barely keeping up and Wow. And, and, and I know it got the internet a buzzing because of the whole, like, Oh, what about that line in a new hope where he's like, when I left you, you were the master and I was the learner, but uh, now, and it's like, well, you're kind of schooling them right now, dude. Like what, what's going on here? <laughs> and I, I mean, I had that same thought, but I'm like, well, we're only three episodes in. So yeah, stuff's going to happen. But, uh, but yeah, oh my gosh, my, my heart was in my, ch- like just leaping out of my chest watching this. Yeah. I mean, even before that though, with him walking through town, and he's dragging, and he snaps the kid's neck. Oh, yes. I mean, it's a child, and he's, and you see it. That was, I mean, and he's ripping people out of the windows, and he grabs a woman by the hair, and he's just dragging her along as he's walking. Yeah. You know, that was just brutal. That was, that was hard to watch. And then you have the battle at the end, which was, you know, even more difficult to watch. Yeah, that, that last two-thirds of that episode is just, it's some good amazing star wars stuff yeah well yeah. And, and also building on the myth of darth vader yeah like we've heard for so long you see but, why you know, people are scared of him that he you need to be scared and like yeah. we've now spent like 20 years like i've got books in my kids room that's like vader's little princess and there he is having little adventures I got those too. and it's great <laughs> i got like the little <laughs> statue where she's cutting hearts out of his cape and it sits in my daughter's room but uh but like I, at one point, I took all those things off the shelf and I took those books away as she starts to understand, like, I want her to forget, you know, child friendly mm. Vader. So that way, when we watch the, the movies, she'll be properly scared of him like I was as a kid. And this shows you like it brings it back kind of like the end of Rogue One. Like he's a scary guy mm-hmm. and he's supposed to be a scary guy, which begs the question at the end of Return of the Jedi is Anakin Skywalker redeemed? for saving his son or is he simply just saved you know like it, because of the, the things he's done the whole oh i don't think he's redeemed done. i think yeah. he's just saved yeah he yeah. They, he yeah well yeah when that came out and well i mean even when we watched it while i'm younger but you know there wasn't the order 66 stuff mm-hmm. so you were just like okay he's a bad mofo and he's an you know he's a big he's an well let's you know but now you know there's like so much more to it than yeah well and then all the yeah and then you got into the books and the, all the expanded reading and you're like oh yeah. this is not this is not just in like <laughs> this guy's this guy's a piece of garbage <laughs> like this is yeah this i mean the atrocities that he's done there's no way he would ever be redeemed yeah you know so. and he hates himself that's the whole that's like the thing yeah. a lot of the expanded it's you know he hates himself so mm-hmm. yeah Neil, do you have any thoughts on this episode? Well, I know we Haley keep talking. So Joe or Nate, they got it. They're, they got it covered, man. It, yeah, no, I I love that the episode was great, and it, it's it, it does bring it all home about Vader, and mm-hmm. I know they keep pounding it into us, but it's like don't forget how awful yeah. he is. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah. just to hear it and to actually see it. Yeah. Is, I mean, we saw him in Rogue One. He was vicious, yeah. walking through that corridor. And uh, I remember people loved it because that's the Vader that everyone had heard about or read about in all the books, but we never saw him. So we got something even, I think, above that in this scene where he's walking through the town and tearing people out of their houses and snapping necks and pulling women by hair. And, you know, that's those. Yeah, that was just that was a whole new level of vicious for Vader. Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, we did get to see Mustafar and Vader's throne, which was really cool. Uh, that yeah. Was, you know, because, again, that was never seen in live action. We've always heard about it, knew about it. Yeah. So that was that was really cool to see that. Oh, Tala, as I mentioned earlier, yeah, loved loved her. Thought she was a great addition. I I, I but I've always been attracted to really strong women. Yes, and instantly you knew she was putting her life on the line. She was a bad person. She was mm-hmm. an you know part of the empire. Realized her mistake and stayed just to help with the path, which I think Haley mentioned she wanted to see more of the path, the Jedi's and the underground yeah. and. That was I wish you're right. I do wish that was a bigger storyline than what it was. They hinted at things, they hinted at Jedi's that were there. You know, all that stuff was really cool. They just never really expanded on it too much. Mm-hmm. Um, right. You know, but who's to say they're, you know, season two? They can Oh I, man, I hope there's a season two. I hope so. Do you know if there's officially No, they haven't Kenobi's I mean, it did well enough and Kenobi uh, you know, McGregor's mentioned he would do another series, you know, another season, but Nothing, nothing yet. Uh, and if there's not, I'm perfectly fine. It was a great ending, you know. It was. I was very happy with it overall. It was a much needed, much needed myth building on that character that we mm. hadn't got before. One of the things I loved about this whole series is it kind of does what the original Star Wars trilogy did, and it kind of gets a lot of its roots from like from from um influenced by world war ii you know the the resistance the war the Mm -hmm. you know the the axis and the allies and we get some of that like that the imagery of kenobi and leia sitting on the back of that truck with an imperial flag like sitting right there behind them and they're Mm -hmm. just kind of trying to keep a low profile um you know it's the the underground movement this was the stuff it, it echoed a lot of those things that evoked a lot of emotion for me watching the original star Wars trilogy, mm. they, they tapped back into that. And, you yeah. know, it was again, just some powerful imagery. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and what do we think of uh, Tala's robot? I can't remember his name now. Yeah. I was just trying to remember. I really liked them. There was also a lot of Easter eggs in this episode too. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, we've got all the, the, I mean, people really hardcore star Wars fan, like translated all of the writing, all the yeah. Arabish on the walls what it said mm-hmm. so yeah you could really dig deep there's some expanded wow. characters names there too that that um which if anyone remembers i cannot remember right well, i know uh uh quinlan voss was a name that was mentioned he's mentioned yeah yeah but there were yeah there were several expanded universe characters that they had mentioned on the walls and the droid this was the first time we saw this particular yeah the worker droid mm-hmm. why can't i remember his name i feel bad i can't remember his name and he deserves to be remembered oh for his heroic God, yes. acts. Yeah. He goes out. Oh, yeah. That's the thing that kind of it burns me up a little bit about this show. And um, also the 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 solo movie where we are introduced to some cool characters that I would love to see more of, see them build more onto. Like, I would love to see more of Tala. And they went and killed her off in the show. It's like, ah, oh, you yeah. have someone you really could have, like, gone another direction with. Uh, and that's it. Like, kaput. True, Unless but I, but I still prequel. love the fact that they introduced the character 
in one episode, you fall in love with her instantly. Just the way her the acting, the way she's written, just being a strong character. And the fact so when she does eventually get killed, it's heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, especially well, how well. she does it. You yeah, because she sacrifices herself. Yeah. Which we will discuss later down the road. Droid's name is Ned B. And Ned B, that's it. Yeah. Yes. That Thank was I liked him. Yeah. At Wikipedia for that one. Yes. Yeah. Did um, like that. All right, let's move on to episode four. I think Neil has a synopsis. Having escaped Vader on Mapuzo, Kenobi and Tala arrive at a path facility on Jabim. Meanwhile, Leia, being held in Fortress Inquisitorius, the stronghold headquarters of the Inquisitors located on Nur, is now being interrogated for details on the path by Riva. Kenobi and Tala plan to infiltrate the fortress to rescue Leia. Once inside, Kenobi discovers a trophy vault filled with the preserved corpses of Jedi who had been captured and killed, including a youngling. They rescue Leia, but Tala's cover is blown and their presence is revealed. They eventually escape with help from Path Commander Roken and his guerrilla troops. Vader, angered throughout the events, moves to kill Reva for her failure, but spares when Reva reveals that she attached a tracker to Leia's companion droid Lola in anticipation of a rescue. Now I don't play I don't play Fallen Order, but a lot of people said it was very similar to that. It's so but I good. guess Cal yeah. Kestis infiltrates the same exact place, yes. the same exact way. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That, that, now, did that bother? And for those who did play the game, did that bother you? Not at or all. Was it fun to see it in live action type of? It was so fun to see it in live action. I was totally good with this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was. I I loved it. I really love that video game, and I'm excited. They've announced a a sequel to the video yes. game. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it, it's not till 2024, I believe. Kyle. Yeah, it's pretty far out. But yeah, that was. There was that was a nice little uh, nod to that mm-hmm. storyline, and visually that was really cool. Yeah, and this episode also had Kenobi dealing with more of the Force. Mm-hmm. You know, because yeah. he had to hold back the water, the crack, which you would think they would make those things blast proof, but for whatever <laughs> reason they're not. And he had to hold back it. You know, and then he had to. Con- he, I mean, he was like holding that, and he was stopping bullets from hitting them. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, this is. I think this is where he finally unleashed his his previous jedi powers mm-hmm. um and i like that aspect of it uh this also had the the hokey part of you know leia hiding under his jacket and walking out <laughs> yeah. but you know i heard a lot of people complaining about it but i'm like but also you know the klaxons are going and there's lots of chaos happening i know wait a minute is this the same scene where there's like clear there's yes Ken, i gotta say i gotta say something about i know i watched this with you and i remember you commenting on it then there's, you know, there's a bunch of, you know, Imperial and Stormtroopers and there's, you know, there's the gray suits, everything. And there's a strange old man in a woven, not even, not, he didn't even do a throwback and like try to disguise himself. He just did the old, I'm calling it the Thor Ragnarok. He just like pulled <laughs> a brown woven cloak over his self and is like hobbling out. No one saw. That's why. That's why I'm saying it. That's why the empire fails. <laughs> you're not very observant. Yeah, you're not observant, people. You're there's a lot of yes. There's alarms and chaos, but this is why the Jedi will always win because mm-hmm. it was, it was like a reverse Where's Waldo. I'm sorry. That yeah, was- but but with the fact that Riva planted a beacon on Lola, did they do that on purpose so they can get away? 
I mean, you have to assume. But they had to still try to get them to play along. Yeah. Because otherwise it just makes them all. There's a lot of people that got fired that day. (laughs) Well, kind of like a new hope. You know, they let Han go. When they saved Leia, they let Han go so they could go back to to Yavin or whatever. I was just thinking the same. Easy. You call that easy. (laughs) I was thinking the same thing as you said that. Yeah. Uh, And here's another thing. Like, and they, I think they've talked about this in the books, like that the Jedi kind of have that ab- ability to make themselves kind of blend in, like mm-hmm. be invisible in plain view. Uh, and and me being the nerd I am, I just kind of sat there going, oh, that must be what he's doing. You know, like I have so much like so much content from the books and the previous movies and shows that I'm just like filling in the gaps and probably shouldn't be. But but the thing that got me one the, that this place is called Fortress Inquisitorious. It's like, what is that? What did they call it in Avatar? Unobtainium. And I'm like, God, that sounds like like a placeholder in the script. Like, we're <laughs> going to call it something cool, but let's just call it Inquisitorious for now. Oh, no. <laughs> but uh, but not that. But not just that. But Tala does that thing where she like gets caught by the security guy and immediately is like, what's your name? I'm going to report you and blah, 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 blah. Like, I'm going to turn it back around on you and be the heavy. And I'm like. I mean, if I tried to do that at an airport, like getting through security, I would immediately get arrested until, you know, they, <laughs> yeah, they but she, my story she had authority over him to begin with. So ranking officer technically was his boss, you know, up there. So she just that took a lot of nerve, I think, to sit there and, you know, say what I, she said. I, I mean, I think, no, it did. It took a lot of nerve for her to do it. I just think that if this guy like kind of jumping on what Haley was saying, like, I think the empire failed because they weren't thorough. <laughs> like this guy should have still been like, ma'am, I understand, but I need to do my job. Mm-hmm. So if you just give me a second, I'm going to just make sure this all checks out. That That's it's all. True. <laughs> I can see that. Then I the story call my work. manager. So <laughs> yeah. I hear I am injecting realism into a show <laughs> with knights with laser swords and stuff. So yes, there's that. Well, it's that thing where you walk with, if you walk with confidence, nobody's going to yes. That's so true. If any, if you want, if you don't want me to criticize the the failings of the empire and they're oblivious to the tattered old man and the woven brown cloak, <laughs> maybe he just had such a walk of confidence. His hobbled walk of confidence. He's supposed to be here, obviously. I just uh, my excuse was the fact that everyone was going crazy and yeah. they were just people were yeah. running around and they weren't paying attention to. It's, it's like the end of Jedi where like Luke is dragging Darth Vader's body around a bunch of Imperials are running here and there or whatever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and like, I'm imagining the point of view of one of the Imperials going like, is that guy dragging Darth Vader around? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to some interesting facts here. Series director Deborah Chow uh, was so committed to having Hayden Christensen reprise his role as Anakin Skywalker slash Darth Vader that she personally flew to his farm to pitch the series to him. And thank God. Yes. Yes. Thank God. Hayden Christensen deserved this. Oh, so much. I'm so happy for him. He gets so much grief about his work on the prequel trilogy. And I don't think Hayden Christensen's a bad actor. I just think he was horribly directed in those yeah. movies. And so yeah. to have this redemption for him, uh, like this personal like victory to come back and nail this character yeah. was it just such a wonderful, like I'm happy for him. Yeah. But you know, he was happy about because you see him celebration. I saw him there live and he was in tears. He, he, 
He deserved all the attention he got. Mm-hmm. He loved it. You know, the fans loved him. He finally went past that whole prequel hating period. And now everyone kind of loves him. And you could tell he appreciated it, you know, and that I, I really liked. I really liked that. That was Well, really I mean, good. we've hit that the threshold of nostalgia, right? Like, isn't it like 20 years after something? we come back to it and we kind of come back to it with these rose colored glasses and not to say that like coming back to the, the, the prequel trilogy makes it good, but I think there's like a softer, like I have a softer viewpoint of the prequel trilogy. I appreciate what was trying to be done. I appreciate Mm. the work the actors were trying to do. And I'm so glad that Filoni and, and Favreau have given us this opportunity to revisit these like this era that came from the prequel trilogy Mm -hmm. and like build on that, you know, with the clone wars, with the Mandalorian, with the book of Boba Fett, Mm -hmm. you know, Ahsoka Tano, this like just to be able to take that and really make lemonade out of some lemons, you know, and Mm -hmm. and give us some great myth building that's come from those films. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Let's move on to some interesting facts here. Joe, you have the next fact. Sure. Originally meant to be the first Star Wars spinoff film to be Jedi-centric outside of the Skywalker saga, but the planned anthology film was reportedly shelved following the box office disappointment of Solo, A Star Wars Story, which I love. I I love Solo. Me too. I would love a series with, I mean, the, um, just that. Alden. And what's the the red, Crimson Dawn and... Yeah. And then you got a little, you got a little, a uh, little Darth Maul, little, mm-hmm. which yeah. oh, sure. we, we won't jump into it. We'll have a episode for <laughs> Andor might uh, touch into some of that. Possibly. Oh, I can't wait to see who they bring into Andor. If they, if they connect. Oh them. yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That'd be um, cool. Haley, you have the next fact. Oh, which speaking of, I was wondering, I was thinking about chronologically, this series is set a year after Solo, a Star Wars story, which makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Young, young Han and Leia and Luke are still, still yeah. young. Uh, the third sister Inquisitor wears the same outfit as the second sister, Trilla Suduri, in the Star Wars video game Jedi Fallen Order. Yep. Yeah, did you guys notice that? I didn't watch well, I I play did. the video game. So. Yeah. I, did. I did, have never played the video yeah. game, so I hope I said the name right. <laughs> yes. Trilla, yeah, great Trilla. character. Nice man, all those characters like oh, yeah. oh, amazing. Yeah, that live action, please. <laughs> right, <laughs> them, they're people, they're real people that they, yeah, turned. that they, yeah. yeah, yep, it's turned. Joe, you have the next one. Sure. The group of four sensitive assassins known as the Inquisitors make their live action debut. They were hired by the Galactic Empire to kill any Jedi that survived Order 66. There are 10 Inquisitors that are canon so far. The Grand Inquisitor, Fifth Brother, Seventh Sister, and Eighth Brother appear in the Rebels animated TV show. The Sixth and Tenth Brother, as well as two unnamed Inquisitors, appear in the comics. The second and ninth sister appear in the video games. And the ninth sister is one of the most d- just frustrating villains <laughs> that I've ever had to fight. She is a tank, man. Yeah. Is she in Fallen Order? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She's uh, up in the trees. Uh, I can't remember exactly what I'm doing up in the trees. There's like some force sensitive animal that you have to go and like and track down. And the ninth sister. What's that? 
It's basically like a dragon. I forget like, what species it is. And she's not, she's a different species too. Yeah. She looks like, like she's part Gamorian or something. Yeah. Oh, she's huge, man. And that, that fight is crazy. She's got like these tusks coming out of her chin. Um, mm. I mean, yeah, she's like seven feet tall or something. Oh, yeah. Crazy. <laughs> All right. Uh, this series marks Jimmy Smith's fourth live appearance as Bell Organa, adoptive father of Leia, Imperial Senator and co-founder of the Rebellion. His previous appearances include Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones, Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith, and Rogue One, A Star Wars Story. Uh, all right, let's move on to Episode 5, Haley. Part 5. Vader reflects on lightsaber training he had with Kenobi prior to the Clone Wars as he tracks the path network to Jabim. Vader promotes Reva to Grand Inquisitor, who leads a siege on the PATH facility, deactivating its escape doors. To solve for time, Kenobi negotiates with Reva and deduces that she knows Vader's true identity as she witnessed his massacre at the Jedi Temple on Coruscant as a youngling. She reveals she wanted to gain Vader's favor to kill him for revenge. The facility is then breached, with Tala sacrificing herself to save Kenobi. Realizing they cannot win, Kenobi surrenders and is taken to Reva. There, he convinces Reva to kill Vader when she delivers Kenobi to him. Meanwhile, Leia opens the doors after removing Lola's tracker, allowing the path to escape before Vader besieges the facility. Reva uses this opportunity to try to kill Vader, but is quickly overpowered after a brief duel and stabbed. She is left for dead and the original Grand Inquisitor arrives to reaffirm his status. As the PATH network escapes, Reva finds Bail Organa's message on Kenobi's transmitter, revealing, dun-dun-dun, Luke's location on Tatooine. Oh, gasp. Mm. So, I really like this episode. The Uh, best one. (laughs) It's the best one. Yeah. Yeah. The way, I mean, just narratively, how it tells like the story of like the training between Anakin and Obi-Wan. Oh, and my then, God, you know, yes. how that juxtaposes with the actual events of the show. Yeah. Oh, so it great. was just great to see Christian mm-hmm. and not Darth. I know he played Darth Vader, obviously, he was in the suit, but it was just nice to see him slightly DH. You know, he looked a little older than he sure. probably would have been, but that didn't bother me. I mean, no. It was, it was just fun to see new footage of those two acting together. Yeah. You know, and it took me right back to the prequels oh for sure you know the that wars and you know what that exchange that confrontation between reva and vader where he doesn't even have a lightsaber out mm. he's just kind of he's like donnie yenning like it yeah. man through the whole thing which is just mind-blowing it was mind-blowing and again building on the myth of how badass darth yep. vader really is yep uh oh dude yeah yeah mm. Uh, as mentioned, this is where Tala sacrifices herself with Ned B's help. Um, I love the fact that he goes to protect her and then obviously, oh. he doesn't die. He just runs out of power. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm assuming they could have fixed him if he didn't blow up. <laughs> I, but I did like that she, you know, she sacrificed herself for, to, you know, to, to help save them, which she did. And this is another thing with, as Joe was talking about with Darth Vader, when he pulls the transporter down. From oh from god. taking off, yeah. and he's holding on to it, and you're like, "Oh my god, how are they going to get out of this?" And mm-hmm. then he throws it to the ground, and he starts ripping it apart, and you're like, "Oh well, they're just screwed." And yeah. all of a sudden, <laughs> you see the back the backup transport take off really quick. Again, you know, 
this is stuff that we heard about, we saw in probably video games, you know, but we never saw this yeah. in, in in live action. Even yeah. with cartoons, like Ahsoka's pulled the ship down, you know, or tried to hold on to it. And a few Jedis have done that in the past. Yeah. Um, what was it? Daisy Ridley. Well, Ray. Uh, yeah. Ray obviously did it. Yeah. Um, and Kylo Ren. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we have if, seen it done before, but. Yeah. If you rode on Star Tours at Disney World, Vader definitely keeps you from flying oh, away yes. for a couple seconds. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why you always have a backup ride, man. That's right. <laughs> yeah, it was real. And, and like Joe was saying, I love that the the story that they were telling in the past was mimicking the story that they were telling in the present. Mm-hmm. Uh, they both know each other so well. They know what next move they're going to do. And they, yeah. Kenobi knows where Vader's going to fail or where Anakin's going to fail. Because he always failed at that point when they were fighting, yeah. you know. So he knew he can get away. He knew all he had to do was just certain moves and certain ways of doing things to make sure, it, you know. I like, I like, I like that aspect of it. He knows Anakin is so narrow in scope yes. that, like, he if he if he can just micro Anakin's view to like one goal, one thing, he can take care. Of, you know, he just look at the details in the background. Obi Wan's always taking advantage of that, and that's just yeah. like. Yeah, that chess match continues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So well done. Well, and we finally got to see what a thermal detonator does. <laughs> oh yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. As we expected it to just blow up yeah. big mm-hmm. time. Uh, this is where we get Reva's backstory, and you know all of the naysayers are like, "See, told you. You wait long enough, and you get rewarded." Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of us kind of already suspected this at this point, but it was nice that they actually, you know kind of revealed it and they showed as Haley mentioned order 66 again and we watched young young leans get sliced in half mm-hmm. uh, and the fact that she had to pretend to be dead and lie amongst the bodies of her friends mm-hmm. uh this is some horrific stuff you know um mm-hmm. she, she becomes a sympathetic character uh, at this point i think i i think this episode came out like what a week after the events of U- uvalde texas mm-hmm. Oh, so there's a warning. Yeah, that, there was a warning right. on it at the beginning. Right of this. before the episode. Yeah, that's yep. right. Uh, yeah. yeah, that one hits particularly hard. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, unfortunately, uh, a little too prescient. You know, when that when that show came out or when that episode came out, uh, just kind of hit a little too close to home. But yeah, like just to to just imagine this character, like you know, hiding amongst the dead bodies of her friends. Mm just to try to like, you know, return just the beginnings of that revenge. Yeah. That path. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, she gets stabbed. I know some people were upset that she didn't die, but you know, I was like, well, first of all, it's a lightsaber. So it carterizes. So you're not going to bleed out. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, I mean, Darth Maul got cut in half and he's still, well, he, <laughs> he, he fell, he fell down a, yeah. A know, shaft a big, as well. Shaft. Yeah. He's still um, kicking. Yeah. Well. Yeah. yeah. Mechanically yeah. kicking. Yeah, it's a little Monty Python in that respect, but yeah, just a charm fashion. is off. Awesome. Yeah. No, but they also they even they even the Grand Inquisitor even says revenge will. It's amazing what you can do with revenge, keeping you yeah. alive. Because mm-hmm. that's what happened to him. He got stabbed. He wanted revenge, and it kept him alive. She did the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, she gets stabbed, and she wanted revenge. So, like Thanos says, you should have gone for the head. That's right. Yeah, take off the head. He seemed real bubbly when he comes popping up. It's like, hello. <laughs> Hi, how's it going? <laughs> Aha, you didn't kill me. I would have preferred hello. I would, happy Grand Inquisitor. Hello there. <laughs> the thing about it was Vader already knew this. Yeah. yeah. This is all part of his plan. 
He knew what was happening, you know. I don't know if he knew the Grand Inquisitor was going to get stabbed, but, you know, he may have warned him that, well, you know, get prepared. You're going to have a lightsaber through your gut, but you'll survive. Your organs. But yeah, definitely a really good episode. And then I was wondering how they were going to end it, you know, because you're like, well, here, this is a big confrontation. The, you know, the Riva's gone and, and yep. they're escaping and. Then we get episode six. Are we not going to talk about Ice Cube's son? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I was looking at that guy going, he looks really familiar. Yeah. <laughs> O'Shea Jackson Jr. It's like, it, yeah. I, it wasn't until the credits like, oh, yeah, that is Ice Cube. I think he's going to show yeah. up in Andor. Yeah, I think so, too. Because they were oh. definitely playing up. Oh, we'll see you yeah. again soon. You know. Yeah. He's, oh, yeah. He's definitely. And he's part of the path, part of the underground, part of the rebellion, the beginning of the rebellion. He's definitely showing up now, at some point. When is okay? And Andor is going to take place in what chronologically to this though? Is it, it has Andor to take place before this? It's right? Or no, right over, after over years, right after it. Yeah, because it oh, goes no, right, right up okay. to Rogue One. Yeah, yeah, and, it, kind of and then like and several it, years. So it overlaps. Prior to that. It's overlapping with Solo, essentially, in a way. That's a little bit, I mean. yeah, a little bit after Solo. That underground, okay. Yeah. Okay. So. Um, yeah, we'll see him again. That was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He had a good point, man. It's like we gotta. He was good. He definitely has potential as a character. <laughs> yeah. Again, yeah. one. I'm so glad they got one movie, and then they killed him off. And it's like, <laughs> come on, yeah. you could do more with these guys. Yeah. Uh, okay. Part six. Reva arrives on Tatooine to find Luke, while Darth Vader and the Empire pursue the Path Network. Kenobi eventually decides to confront Vader alone on a nearby planet, while the Path safely escapes. After regaining his full connection to the Force, Kenobi incapacitates Vader, oh, realizing Anakin has completely embraced his identity as Darth Vader, a saddened Kenobi leaves. After arriving at Luke's home, Reva is confronted by Owen and Baru, who kick some ass. Oh, yeah. uh, she subdues them and pursues Luke into the desert. After remembering Anakin's massacre of the Jedi Temple, she decides to return Luke to his family. Kenobi congratulates her for overcoming her trauma and liberating herself from the dark side. On Mustafar, a healed Vader abandons his search for Kenobi after his master, Emperor Palpatine, questions his motives and loyalty. Back on Alderaan, Leia finds new resolve in her duties as a princess. Kenobi visits them and affirms he will help the Organas when needed. Returning to Tatooine, he resolves his conflict with Owen by agreeing to let Luke have a normal life. Having found his inner peace, he's finally able to converse with the force spirit of Qui-Gon Jinn. <laughs> oh, I cheered so loud in my living room when I saw this. <laughs> I was so excited. Yeah, this was, uh, I think, a, a very well done finale mm -hmm. for the series. I mean, I guess we can just, do you want, let's just talk about the battle. That was probably the most epic of all yeah. epicness. It was like Dragon Ball Z level battle. Like, yeah. this was crazy. <laughs> yeah. When, when Kenobi picked up the rocks and threw them at Vader. <laughs> you it know, reminded me of when, like, Thanos in Infinity War yeah. dropped a moon on Iron Man. Like, it was, yeah. it was nuts. I like that. That's that cut you get that visual of his broken helmet mm -hmm. and you see yeah. a little you see a little Hayden Christensen you see that yeah a little left of the human uh, Anakin like peeking through there and that was yeah with, well, with the blue from from Obi-Wan's lightsaber the, and yeah. yes with the use of the light red. when it was oh Anakin he would it was blue and when it was Vader it was red it was such good work yeah, that man. was yeah. really cool so well done and it mimicked a battle that he had with Ahsoka 
in the Clone or in Rebels. Yes. She does the same thing. She splits the mask and he's talking mm-hmm. to her half uh, yep. Anakin, half uh, Vader. When you're talking about when he picked up the rocks, yeah, and Kenobi, and before that, Vader's going, "Oh, you're weak, you're weak," you know, and he's throwing rocks at him. But then Obi Wan stands up. That made that part made me cheer. He's like, stands up. He's like, <laughs> everything picked yes. him up. Yeah. I was like, holy crap! And the music. I, I mean, that was so well choreographed and so well executed. I, I don't think I would have wanted anything different. I think mm-hmm. just you know, I mean, he he. Yeah. I mean, Vader cracks the ground and swallows Obi Wan. And then buries him. Other than the fact that Obi-Wan, you know, he's just assuming he's dead, I guess, and he just walks away. Yeah. But and then the the fact that, you know, what brings, you know, what fully energizes Obi-Wan is the thought of Leia and and Luke. Mm -hmm. You know, and that allows him to burst out of the of the ground and Right. You know, do the final confrontation. And and Yeah, his his, well, his love for Anakin, his love for Padme, you know, how they talk about how Jedi shouldn't have connections because it's dangerous, but it's those connections that strengthened obi-wan yeah. so he could fight back he rem- like what is important his yeah. promise his vow to padme because of his love for both these people one of the best scenes is when he's telling leia oh my god yes her that was... from her father and her mother like yep you know you have this from your mother and this from your father and i'm like sitting there just like choking back tears yep. like yes yet yeah, like this is amazing yeah. this this episode has so much catharsis, you know, for Obi-Wan with the, the the seeds that are planted in the first couple episodes where he's struggling to reconnect with the force and he gets it back. And also like Owen and Baru aren't just a couple of jerk offs. Oh, like, my God. Baru, especially because yeah, Owen's like, like, let's go get some help to protect Luke. Yeah. Like, yes. Yeah. Baru is like, especially Baru is like, is I'm ready to like, kick ass. Let's go. She's I, like I Helen guns. Ripley, man. Yeah. <laughs> Stay the hey, hell away from her. There you go. <laughs> I loved Get it. Away from yeah. Her. It was so good because it was so unexpected. Yeah. You know, you thought Owen would be fine, but not Baru. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You see them. I mean, they get charbroiled. It's all we ever Which see. Which is sad. Yeah. Yeah. Bummer. Yeah. But you know, oh, that's why a, a huge group of, you know, fleet of stormtroopers had to like torch their place. Yeah. Because these two are badasses. Yeah. Well, yeah. and also, you know, I always got the feeling watching, you know, episode four that like Owen and Baru were kind of like Harry Potter's aunt and uncle. Like they just, they really didn't care much for him. He was just kind of there. He was a burden that was left on their doorstep. And to see them like fight fiercely out of love for this boy, like, it, it it made me feel so much better about those characters. And like what Haley is saying, like that their sacrifice in a new hope is like, it's so much more profound now. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, like these guys, they, they fought to protect him for so long. Yeah. Yeah. I do have, I do have a problem. Um, mm-hmm. I want us to hear what you guys think because it, it, it feels, it felt, we, we, I discussed this with my husband. It felt a little bit like a plot hole, but when, when you watch a new hope, there's a, I mean, it's, it's very, it's very, it's cool. This connection here. Cause Luke's like old Ben Kenobi, you know, and you, you realize that he's been, you know, he, he brings them the, the, sh- the, the, the ship, model ship awesome. and there's That's this like build up and he's like, Oh, that old hermit guy who used to, you know, who would come by and visit and isn't, you know, he never, and then it's so devastating when, you know, he finally learns all this stuff about his life and then Kenobi dies mm-hmm. and Leia, I mean, Leia. It turns out Leia has this whole, yes. even more intimate than Luke relationship with Kenobi. And then later, when he dies, it's like, all right, where's, where's this? Okay, there's the smuggler. We got it. I, I felt like 
I thought maybe he was gonna like wipe some part of her memory or do something to pre- like. I know that happens in the Star Wars world or in the expanded. So like maybe to do yeah. that to protect her because she doesn't need to know all of this as a child. It's too dangerous. Mm-hmm. But she had such a connection, and then there's. N- and New Hope, there's. I felt like there's a little miss. I don't know. What do you guys think? You know what? And this could be just like retroactively, or me like filling in the gaps just yeah. because. But like, Leia has a. You know, she has a history of being a rebel, like a a leader, a military leader, and yeah. you know, she always strikes me as the person that like if she's dealt something traumatic, she compartmentalizes it. Mm. We yeah. will we will come back to that later. Right now, we got to do this, and that's kind of even after watching this. You know, watching that scene in New Hope when Ben Kenobi dies and Luke's like, no, you know, he's sitting at the table and Leia comes over and kind of comforts him. But I kind of feel like she's like, all right, okay, you have an experienced loss. We can, um, I'll, I'll take care of this later. Like I'll, I'll process this later, but right now. Well, yeah, she had her whole planet blown up in front of her. Exactly. So, I mean, obviously the, the, the answer is the fact that this was written 50 years prior to that. So they had no Uh idea, you know. I I just I just tend to overlook it and like okay yeah and like I I like the fact that Joe is trying to come up with a reason and it's a fairly mm-hmm. valid reason you're right she's dealt with death you mm-hmm. know before she like I said her whole planet her parents that was heartbreaking watching those guys on Alderaan because it's gorgeous and you're like all yeah. those people get blown up yeah out of space not realizing it you know yeah. and they're all gonna die mm-hmm. well. And her message, I guess, I was, I was like, okay, her transmission message was very like official and political because it was like meant to in case it got intercepted. That's or, what, yeah, yeah. Because he even says, yeah, but but they, but they, but Kenobi even tells her that no one can know. Yeah, you know. So I think that's why she kept it more professional. At least that's the excuse for why yeah. it he was used more. To get, you saved my father. Yeah. Okay, yes. Oh. Instead of like, oh, remember ten years ago when you saved me from the kidnappers. Thanks for that, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else on F6? I was going to say pie in the sky. Like, I think the fanboy in me would have really enjoyed, like, somehow this whole caper would have ended up with, like, maybe Reva still has Leia, takes her to Tatooine to then get Luke, and somehow little Luke and little Leia, who don't meet. know who each other are, God. meet up with each other. And like, maybe this whole thing where Obi-Wan's like, you have to travel under a different name. You can't call yourself Leia. So like Luke has this adventure with like Debbie, <laughs> you know, and like Debbie. <laughs> Debbie. <laughs> little, little Debbie from like Alderaan little Debbie. and never put two and two together. You know, <laughs> I just, I kind of, dude, there's so many things like halfway through the series. I was like, I need a little Leia and baby Yoda series right now. I don't care if the time frame doesn't match up. I need them in a show right now. You mm. cowards. That's well, now, funny. now I need a little Debbie oatmeal cream. Pie. <laughs> oh, maybe no, you maybe shaped you. like Alderaan. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> I just, I'm giving them free marketing. So if you're listening, little, if you're listening to this, you should give some credit to Kenny's podcast for the free commercial advertising that he may or may not delete before he posts mm-hmm. it. That's no moon pie. <laughs> oh, God. All right, let's go on to our – these are our last of our interesting facts, and then we will wrap up the podcast here. Uh, first up, we have Vivian Lara Blair, who plays young Princess Leia, got her big break with a starring role – in We Can Be Heroes, the leading role and leader of the heroics was played by uh, Pedro Pascal, the Mandalorian. Nice. Small world. 
Liam Neeson expressed interest in reprising his role as Qui-Gon Jinn. However, he later stated that he would only do it for a movie and not a live action TV series. In the final part, he appears as a force ghost. This marks his second live appearance as Qui-Gon Jinn. He previously appeared in Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. He also voiced the character in Star Wars The Clone Wars and made a reprisal vocal cameo in Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker. He agreed to reprise the role out of respect for George Lucas, but also because he did not want his role recast and he enjoyed working with the lovable Ewan McGregor during Episode One. I'm so and glad you I was came wondering. <laughs> that, yeah. I was like, wait, so did he? He was like, I'll only do it as a force ghost. That's <laughs> all I'm going to do. Just don't even fully just kind of phase, yeah. phase me out, CG, CG me in a little, and then. Yeah. That moment is so great, so yeah. touching. Like, especially if you know the story behind, like, what happened with Revenge of the Sith, that he was supposed to be a force ghost at the end of that, but then suffered uh, an injury, I guess, skiing or something and wasn't able to make it to shoot the part. Oh, is that why? Yeah, that's why. Force ghost. There's that moment where, you know, Yoda tells Obi-Wan, like, I, I've been able to contact your old master. And it was supposed to cut to a shot of Qui-Gon showing up to both of them as a force ghost. Mm. And it oh. never happened. And so the fact that like this, it's like, if you're a nerd and you followed that, like to yeah. see him finally show up was like, yeah. oh, I'm getting goosebumps right now. Yeah. It's just like, ah, oh, yes, finally, we've come full circle. Yeah. But it was also a nice little button on Kenobi's story from being a recluse, no longer using Jedi powers to, you know, finally being comfortable with himself and with what happened to him and all of the Jedis to the very end where he's at peace and he can commune with with and you know what's funny throughout the entire season i kept waiting i'm like oh this is where qui-gon's gonna come because you know he was like in the on the ship and he was kind of like talking to him like why can't i talk to you and i'm like oh it's gonna come now he needs him now mm -hmm. you know yeah. all these moments that i thought but it yeah. was perfect at the end oh yeah, yeah. there's a nice little button there although james earl jones is credited as the voice of darth vader beginning with obi-wan kenobi part three he didn't record any new lines for the show Samples of Jones's voice were taken from archive material of the original trilogy. They were then used as the basis to recreate his voice with modern voice cloning technology. What? Wow! Isn't what? That crazy? Yeah. I mean, I'm not. I'm not surprised because. So they did with they, Luke as well. Yeah. Well, they wow. the way they can do those fake deep fake things and those videos, they can do those like. Yeah. On TikTok now, so yeah. Yeah, I'm blown away. I can That's see that. <laughs> I yeah, when I read that, I was like, "Poor Jay." I wonder if they paid him still. I yeah. yeah. I mean, if they I mean, he must get some sort of residuals. Him, they have but, to. royalties. But yeah, yeah, but yeah, he didn't record anything new insane. for that. Insane. You could see Joe's face. <laughs> Alderon, because he just got blown away. I just yes. as look as <laughs> someone who does voiceovers for like the English dubs of anime, which Haley loves. <laughs> I, uh, I just to think like to, the fact that they got those vocal performances out of voice cloning yep. is just blowing my mind right now. This yeah. is insane. Yeah, because now you're going to go back and think about all the time they were talked, which was quite a bit yes. in the series. Oh that my wasn't God. real. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Very cool. Watch wow. out, Joe, your your um, voiceover for anime is in danger <laughs> because they have enough archive. Kenny That's alone true. has Have enough archive. Yeah. Uh, that must be why I haven't gotten cast in anything for two months. 
not because it's not that necessary because you can just read <laughs> they've it already got all they need <laughs> which if neil doesn't know we were talking about star wars the um really cool visions episode are all those episodes and visions and i was trash talking who watches the american the, voice actors the american voiceovers. <laughs> and joe's like i do those i do that professionally and it was oh, like oh really we're still buddies but I, i'm sorry joe i just oh, you know i was joe. like when you could just hear the original um that's okay i am thankful for joe because i love the american versions of things <laughs> By the way, oh, check wow. out Dawn of the Witch on Crunchyroll right now. I, I play the character Kudo, the lizard Jedi. Nice. Uh, all right, Neil, I think you have one more here. All right. When Obi-Wan leaves a battered Darth Vader in episode six, the last words he says to Vader after saying that his friend is truly dead are, goodbye, Darth. In Star Wars, A New Hope, as he duels Vader again on the Death Star, Alec Guinness's version of Obi-Wan says, only a master of evil, Darth. These are the only occasions when the terms Darth is used like a first name by Obi-Wan. Mm -hmm. Love that. Biting, Love that he used like an in insult. The last episode. Yeah. I was wondering about that, you know, because it's like, well, you got Darth Sidious and Darth Tyrannus yeah. and Darth Maul. Yep. But I like I like how they did that because that kind of like sews it up. It's like, it yeah, like a little book. It twists song. the knife. It's like, yeah. you know, like Obi-Wan. Yeah, he means it as an insult. Yeah. yeah the way he says he's, it. Yeah. He's not giving him I his due duh. justice of calling him Darth. He's, uh -huh. yeah, he's being, he's belittling mean. him for that choice yeah. that you've made. Oh, you're so powerful. Look at yeah. you. Yeah. Your mask is broken. And this kind of better connects the phrase that Vader says when he's like, I was the, you know, yeah. now learn I'm the master. Yes. Obviously, he leaves him goodbye. Like he's like, I'm above you. And yep. Obi Wan leaves him and then doesn't yep. see him again for, yeah, a long time. Yeah. Uh, all right, yep. Joe. Okay, uh, Nur, the planet where the Fortress Inquisitoria stands, is in the Mustafar system. It was first seen in Jedi Fallen Order. Cal Kestis actually fought Darth Vader. Fought is really putting it, <laughs> putting it very nicely. Fought Darth. It, it, the, the level's more like Vader shows up and you run your ass away from <laughs> Yeah, you have to dodge a bunch of flying stuff for like yep. five minutes. You're just running. running and then you run out AB. the door. Yeah, yeah, you get out the door and then you run. Uh, he <laughs> fought Darth Vader in the fortress and escaped with his life. Yeah. Very cool. I didn't realize that Nur was in the Mustafar system, which would make sense since it's close to his. I, I didn't realize it was in it was in um, Jedi Fallen Order. I mm. would have remembered Inquisitorious if that was mentioned. <laughs> I don't they think don't they ever, ever refer it. to it yeah. as Inquisitorious. I think they just call it the planet Nur. Mm. Yeah, which is a better name. Yes, yeah. <laughs> agreed. We all agree. All right, uh, final one here. In Star Wars Rebels, there's a scene that mirrors... Oh, as I mentioned earlier. In, in Star Wars Rebels, there's a scene that mirrors the final episode of Season 1. Ahsoka Tano cuts open the right side of Vader's mask in a duel, while Obi-Wan cuts open the left side. Both battles invo involve a former master fighting their former apprentice, and in both instances, a brief moment of Anakin appears before his evil Darth Vader persona takes over. Mm. So That was really cool. It's so yeah, powerful. Really cool. Yeah, they play off the duality of Anakin Skywalker. So well. So, so good. Well like, done. vocally, how we hear his voice, and then it, like goes into that mechanical yes dark. oh god i saw the lighting to me blue mm -hmm. red blue red when he was anakin blue and yeah. and vader red yeah 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 so well done i know because mm -hmm. i i kind of felt i felt a little bad for hayden christensen because i'm like well he's back but he's not really you're gonna just see 
yeah. the Darth Vader mask and a lot of the voiceover. I mean, it was still great. So giving him those little moments to really. Oh, yeah. I mean, for him awesome. having the whole fight scene in episode five and then yeah. him having half his face exposed. Yeah. I mean, there's a back to tank also where you get to see yes. him in episode yeah. there three, was I think it is, or two. Giving him that. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was always nice. Yeah. All right, guys, that's it. Season one of Kenobi. We did it. Yay. We. <laughs> Overall, I really love the series. Would love to see more, but like I mentioned earlier, if this is it, I'm very satisfied with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, you know, it's a series I would watch again and will watch again because I've already watched it several times already. Uh, I actually have it all cut together as one four and a half hour long movie. Of course wow. you do. And it's amazing. Beautiful. That's great. Oh, it's amazing. Wow. But there's also a version of it that someone cut into a two hour movie. So they, they oh, cut okay. what they call all of the excess stuff. And I'm like, I want it all. I want Give it all. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's why when I found the four hour long, the four and a half hour one, I was like, no, this is the one I want. Nice. Um, and it's it's gorgeous. It, it's it's all H. It's, it's yeah. Nice. I enjoyed wow. it, watching it. Yeah. Anyways, you guys, any final thoughts on Kenobi series? Yeah, I, I feel like it, it does. I mean, there's obviously opportunity to do another season, but they did complete this story. Mm-hmm. I would like another season um, just because for me, I really enjoyed it, but it, I did want to see more than just snuggling yeah. an adorable, very adorable, very cute <laughs> Princess Leia for six episodes. Like mm-hmm. I really, and they, they kept touching into little things. I'm like, Ooh, and that was, you know, they stuck with this one. Yes. Thing, you know, it was post. the main storyline was. Yeah. Leia so I would, I would like, like I said, I still really enjoyed it, but I wasn't, I wouldn't, I'm a little, I'm like, I wanted a I wanted more. So that's why I'm kind yeah. of like, they get, did more that'd be awesome mm-hmm. i think like a ideal season two of uh of obi-wan would be more of a obi-wan like helping hunted jedi like mm. helping yeah. get them you know hidden or just escaped somewhere off the grid you know just kind of like a, hey you're going to be needed someday but right now we need to get you out of harm's way and like you know not that he needs to be like the harriet tubman of jedi but you know that 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 could be an interesting yeah. story. Or seeing something bring in some Jedi Fallen Order characters. Yes, um, get some like overlap there. That would be mm-hmm. really cool. I'm, yeah, give me all the overlap. Seriously, give me like give me Ahsoka in my Obi Wan TV show. <laughs> you know, give me give me all of that. I love I love that Joe was earlier talking about how he wanted a brand new storyline without any familiar characters. And now you want yeah. all the characters. But, but put the, hey, if you've already given them to me, <laughs> then put them together. Well, these were these. It's we're not we're, no, just we're not not Skywalker like, you know, ones we haven't gotten to see live action of or. Yeah. Oh, I'm or, I'm yeah, right there with you. Of, I mean, yeah, I'd love to see I mean. Cal Kestis. Oh yeah. So especially since it's modeled against an actor, like you said, all of those yeah. characters are modeled against actors, and they yeah. can't portray them like they did mm-hmm. with Bo-Katan. Yeah. You know, you've got Sam Witwer who plays the uh, the character from the um, Force Awakens series, mm-hmm. and and yeah. I mean that. That character falls right into this storyline right now, this time frame. Yeah. Yeah. That would be good, too. Yeah, so much potential. All right, guys. Well, thank you again for joining me. I really appreciate it. Uh, Talking Star Wars, one of of the loves of my life. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure we'll be talking again. So do you guys have anything you want to promote? I mean, I don't know. I've got this, like, anime thing that I do once in a while, but... uh... (laughs) You know, who who listens to the English dubs? Okay. Yeah. Just, just, Joe is a stand-up guy. He's great. Please, even if it's against your best judgment, please just 
go you have to go in the like you have to go in sometimes the search in the menu and it's not, <laughs> it's not readily available but go and just get that english dub on joe's gonna hang out with you and be in your living room and it's gonna be great yes there we, we go. Promise. Great Better question. than the divisions. That's the be- it's the best plug. I couldn't even <laughs> plug myself. There we go. That's a little guilt. That was a little. <laughs> that was my Kenobi like redemption. That was my. <laughs> Hello there. All there right, guys. Thank you again so much, and may the force be with you, and also with you, and also with you, also with you. See you guys. Thanks. Bye. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that roundtable on Obi-Wan Kenobi. As I mentioned, we had so much fun discussing Obi-Wan Kenobi. It's one of my favorite characters. It's one of my favorite series from this year. And I just loved every minute of it. And hopefully you guys enjoyed our discussion on Obi-Wan Kenobi. So once again, I'd like to thank my co-hosts, Neil, Joe, and Haley. And of course, I want to thank my amazing listeners for coming back each month and joining us for our roundtables. So until next time, guys, take care. I want to take a moment and thank my supporters on Patreon. I really do appreciate your monthly donations. It helps counter some of the costs that come with producing podcasts each month. So I really do appreciate your support. If you guys want to help me out and be a monthly donator or just give a contribution one time for one month, you can find me on Patreon. Just look up Geeky Fanboy Productions and I would really appreciate it. Thanks again, guys. That was the scene in California's Mojave Desert five years ago. Our historic first view of the newcomer's ship. Theirs was a slave ship carrying a quarter million beings bred to adapt and labor in any environment. But they've washed ashore on Earth with no way to get back to where they came from. And in the last five years, the newcomers have become the latest addition to the population of Los Angeles. Alienation, the newcomers podcast, is a fan cast devoted to the groundbreaking but short-lived TV series Alienation. This series tackles social issues like racism, bigotry, and intolerance with an alien twist. Each month, we will bring you a podcast dedicated to a single episode. The host will give you their thoughts on the episode, as well as some little-known behind-the-scenes information. So please subscribe to Alienation, the newcomer's podcast on iTunes, or visit our website at alienationpodcast.com. Attention, attention. Are you a fan of MASH, one of the most groundbreaking television series in history? Then take a listen to the MASH 4077 podcast, where hosts discuss their thoughts episode by episode. They will also share with you some little-known behind-the-scenes information, trivia, and so much more. So come and find them on iTunes by searching MASH 4077 podcast or online at www.mash4077podcast.com. The Geek Roundtable Podcast is a geeky fanboy production and has a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, works 3.0, United States license, all rights reserved.